Well, hello, everyone. It's Bob Rivers here with another pop-up podcast. Tonight's, I think, is going to be interesting. We have some very cool people. We have two incredible industry professionals who are brilliant with good hearts. And, uh, and then we have my son, Andrew Rivers, joining us as well. He's funny and uh, also really smart, too, because it's in his DNA. If you, Let's you not know, lie you know. to anybody. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so let me let me introduce our panel. First off, uh, Steve Stockman joins us. Uh, a lifelong friend. Steve is an author and filmmaker. And uh, his book is called How to Shoot Video That Doesn't Suck. It's one of the best-selling uh, books about shooting your own video in that he's ever written no it's really one of the best anywhere That's, right steve of all the books i've ever written which includes <laughs> yes, it's one of them one, yes it is the um, best selling yeah more about that coming up uh, maura gallucci uh journalist newswoman uh, anchor at cairo radio uh for years and also uh, worked at kuow uh really wonderful credentials but, uh, but uh, perhaps her most embarrassing credential is that when she joined the Bob Rivers show in, I think, 1998, nine-ish. Um, yeah, yeah. It, it, we can't prove cause, but the show <laughs> rocketed to number one with your voice on the show. And always grateful for that. Always, and now, always curious that that's, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, no, it was true. Believe me, they took it to the bank. Um, and Maura uh, currently is you're testing the waters potentially for podcasting or going back to radio everyone wants more by the way but she yeah oh, it, she's like playing <laughs> I've got some feelers out I'm, okay. i've got i've got some work uh, over here no yeah. you're busy um and uh and then my son andrew rivers who has i don't know how many now tens and tens of millions of views for his comedy clips on social media does so well that he can book small theaters throughout the country and sell them just by buying ads from this guy named Mark Zuckerberg, who's such a cool guy. Uh, and welcome, Andrew. <laughs> yes, I'm I'm putting feelers out there also, and nobody <laughs> will return my email. So no. uh, I'm having the opposite reaction as Mora, but uh, I'm happy to bring the show down so we cancel <laughs> each other out, you know? Good, good. Uh, hey, you know, Andrew, I love having we'll you rock on. rocket to stasis. Yes. Um, because, uh, well, first off, having a younger generation's point of view on this wacky world that we live in, uh, I think is really important. And, um, and since you do that point of view comedically for a living, we're going to have some fun. So, all right, what are we going to talk about today? Well, I sent a few things. And I also asked you guys, this is a totally free-form discussion, so it can go in any direction. I asked you guys, you know, if you wanted to bring up anything, feel free. Um, this, uh, this main topic is called Common Logical Fallacies. And uh, Steve, did you have another name for it? Uh, what they call it in, uh, you know, Ivy uh, League University? Yes, I think. BS. That's the, that's correct. That's the technical term. That's the Latin yeah. for common logical fallacies. That's what I thought. Yeah. And yeah. and what what they are is techniques that are used that are basically bullshit. Techniques that are used to change your opinion, to bully you, to spin the truth, 
And, and by the way, if all of these things that I'm talking about sound familiar, isn't that what everything is these days? So, uh, so I thought it would be fun for us to, to look at some of these. And uh, I'll start with the one I was accused of doing to Steve. And this is a story where, and I learned a new phrase. Uh, and I believe, I can't remember all the specifics, but I like to bait people about Elon Musk because I have a Tesla. And because I see Elon Musk as this universally um, hated guy in the media. Um, and, and yet, there's something interesting about him to me uh, in that he has done more for what we claim is an important thing, global warming, than any human being in history. He'll be the Gandhi of global warming when it comes down to writing human history. Who got the electric car made, right? Perhaps not Gandhi. Uh, so, uh, so anyway, I was talking to Steve, and I don't remember, maybe you remember what I said, but you felt that I was kind of attacking you, not making an argument, and you called that ad hominem. Maura, you probably know I that. I did. I, yeah. I, yes, yeah. And, and I was like, very familiar with that. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to have to look that up. I don't know what that is. Um, I've also been accused of straw man. I've been accused of about half of these. Uh, and probably just because <laughs> well, people get for around. 40 years, so, you're very uh, good. Pretty much anything. <laughs> yeah. Anything that's possible, you've been called. Well, and honestly, we all do these. We all do these from time oh, to time, right? Maura, and you're absolutely right. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, we do it, but you do it for good for the liberal side. <laughs> true. This is true. So, <laughs> so let's start with ad hominem. Do you remember specifically what I was saying, or can we just get a general example of what ad hominem is? Yeah, well, sure. Well, I was explaining the that, uh, that Elon Musk had single-handedly uh, decimated the value of the asset of Twitter that he bought. And he was basically lighting it on fire for his own joy uh, or weird, perverse sense of needing to be king of the nerds. I'm not really sure where he's going with it, but uh, I and I quoted some. Articles Hold on. I'm looking at the things you're attacking. doing right now. Um, hasty generalization. Um, <laughs> sure. <laughs> Straw man. Keep That's going. as far as I've gotten. Though. But okay. wait, I have to finish. Right. Yeah. Oh, I, so I'm sorry. I, I interrupted I, again. What I recall was I was quoting uh, an article that I thought was quite good in the New York Times, and you were saying, "Oh, the liberal media has it all in for Musk." Mm. And so, what you were doing is I was making a point about Musk's inability to successfully market uh, a social media business to Twitter, mm. uh, like Twitter to humans, which is kind of self-evident because he's failed miserably by every measure. And you were saying, oh, the New York Times, they're out to get him, and so are you, which is an ad hominem attack that doesn't address the substance of my argument. It attacks me and the New York Times instead. And you said, I feel like that's an ad hominem argument. And I'll tell you what, you're right. Absolutely. That was, uh, uh, and I'd love yes. to catch myself. Well, that was an easy podcast. Uh, I feel like we're right, done Thank you, everybody. No, that's thanks it. a lot. Right. We'll see you guys <laughs> later. <laughs> Wait a minute. However, um, however, I, however, I still, can I say that was yeah. the nicest ad hominem attack I think you could have used as a example when you yeah, look yeah, about you, what's going on in, in our American in politics. politics right now? 
Yeah. I mean, you can't make an argument right or left without someone calling you stupid for it. You know. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Or yeah. ugly or and, Well, something. I was surprised at the time because Bob Bob does a lot of this other stuff. He's definitely loves the straw man and uh, loves mm -hmm. the slippery slope and uh, but ad hominem was not his thing. And he seemed to be taking Elon Musk and his Tesla very personally. And so I was rather surprised because normally he's much better at baiting me in a, uh, without getting in a big caught. way without getting yeah. all personal. Without getting caught. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, without going off on too much of a tangent, where that came from is... Today, when I read a newspaper article, and there's not, and we're going to try and not make this about politics because it's really about human beings and how we should all speak to each other more honestly and intellectually honest, uh, and and mostly one on one, not cable news. That their business model is divisive, um, you know, inflaming people. Um, so where this came from is that lately, because I'm retired and because I can afford it. I subscribe to like six newspapers. Steve got me on the Los Angeles Times, uh, the Washington Post, the Wall Street Journal, the New York Times. And, um, and what I've noticed is I can read the first two paragraphs of an article, and I certainly know whether it's in the Wall Street Journal or the New York Times, just by the way things are spun or by a point that's trying to be made that fits one or the other of the two sides that we've been neatly divided into uh, by, frankly, um, media, advertisers. Uh, they, they need to get our attention, and the only way to get our attention is to get us riled up, and then we have to pick a side. And I have this thing where I don't want to pick a side, and so it just irritates me because Steve sends me this article and I'm like, oh, my God, another hit piece on this guy. And, and it's only reporting the hit piece part, which is 100 percent true. And, you know, sometimes when a billionaire buys something, they tear it down and they build a new one. No laughs. You know, <laughs> the, <laughs> yes, it's, he's, it's a, he's it's a hobby for him. Bulldozed. Yeah. 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 Yeah, he's definitely bulldozed Twitter for sure. Now, do you um, still use but it? The, but uh, much less than I used to, honestly, truly. And and I was very disappointed. I, I think the the Twitter thing particularly sticks in my craw because I pride myself on understanding marketing strategy, and yeah. nothing he was doing made any sense to me in yeah. terms of marketing strategy. And if you're if you've got forty four billion dollars and you want to buy Twitter just to tear it to the ground and change the name. I guess you can, but probably for 20 billion, you could have built your own Twitter with whatever name you wanted and just started it on the side and saved a lot of money. Yeah, uh, and so if you thought it was sense. all about money, uh, I would say, but I, I think it's more of an ego play. I think it's, uh, you know, oh, yeah. I think, yeah. yeah. I've, him, Bill Gates, Zuckerberg, I think they all have huge egos. But back to the ways we're sort of dishonest with each other. So anyway, well, the marketing, uh, if I may uh, interject, the marketing reminds me of like, you know, you, you ever see like Captain Crunch when they went like, oops, all marshmallows. And he was like, oops, all Nazis, you know, so there's a similar marketing campaign <laughs> sure. along the way, you know. Um, so ad hominem is attacking the uh, person who's making the argument. 
or um, is that right? Do I have that right before we move to the next one? Yes, it's attacking the source instead of hmm. arguing the argument. The argument. Can that's we a, think of that's a, pretty good other... for a, a big idiot over there? Good job. Thank you. <laughs> um, can, can we give a few more examples? Like more? Can you think of one like on the news in the last? Oh, week? almost almost daily. The current batch of congressional representatives will throw attacks one way or another and i and i can only think some of the the masters right now are marjorie taylor green and and um you know i think eric swalwell on the other side they're both pretty good at it and it's just you know rather than attacking the the position you know um one is ill-educated one is hypocritical one is this one is that and i, I think that's i think that's you know where we're going so if uh if I say you're part of the woke mob, is that? Yeah. That's at home. I'd say right? that's a, yeah. I'd say you get, you get oh, one. Okay. You get are too. That. So that's yeah, convenient. The classic. <laughs> yes. This, that's, that's this week's <laughs> classic. Exactly. Yeah. And what's interesting is that woke is supposedly empathetic and caring and loving. Uh, it's all the, it's all the qualities that Jesus Christ was about. And um, I, I'd be proud. To, I, I don't want to be a woke mob. I'd rather be a woke, you know, community Bob. center. Yeah, something <laughs> <You're>, like that. <laughs> we, I have Andrew? a friend, uh, Steve Hofstetter, who I tour with, and we call him Wokepedia because if we, if we have questions about if something's problematic, we can kind of go to him. Be like, you know, he's our woke detector. He's he's the guy that will beep loudly if it's uh, offensive. Yeah. So. And he takes pride in that, uh, you know, so. And he's amazing, by the way. If you want to Google Steve Hofstetter, one of the best touring comics. Yeah, that's, that's cool. I didn't know you were buddies. That's, that's oh, pretty cool. Yeah. I, I, I do know him or of him. Oh, you do? Yeah. Cool. Uh, Andrew tours with him from time to time. Okay. So um, the other day I was watching. So I'm sitting on my couch not watching anything i watch almost no cable news to just keep up with all those newspapers subscriptions and then to look at each paragraph and go okay what's this one trying to say what's that one trying to say maybe what's reasonable and more likely it, it consumes a lot of time and are cable you getting news a just, hard copy can i just in, in, ask are you getting hard copies of these because no, that would be all, super cool i i'm not <laughs> yeah i'm not that cool all right all right, but but I get them on my iPad anyway. So the other day I'm sitting, and you'll like this story, Steve. Um, I'm sitting on the couch, reading newspapers, completely tuned out of any other, you know, smartphone distractions, pop-ups, all of that stuff. And my phone rings, and it's an old friend of ours who uh, was really my first uh, major market program director for a while. A guy named Rob Barnett. You know Rob. He's a headhunter. And um, he's written a book called Next Job, Best Job. I don't want to compete with your plugs, but I'll, I'll mention it. Anyway, Rob calls me up and he goes, do you see what's happening? And I'm like, this is like people, you know, what's happening? And I knew that Trump was being arraigned, but I have no interest in watching it. He goes, do you see what's happening? And I said, uh, no, I'm not watching any TV. He goes, well, you're in Vegas and there is a line an over-under on how much Donald Trump weighs. He has to get on a scale, and they're going to weigh him. And what do you think? <laughs> I'm, thinking like, I'm thinking like, I don't know, uh, 320? <laughs> and, so, and 
and and then I thought, wait a minute, you're being teased that Donald Trump has to get on a scale. I'm not even sure they will make Donald Trump get on a scale. And, you know, I can't imagine him doing that. That would be so humiliating. There's no way he would agree to that. And so it turned out, of course, it was very disappointing for the woke mob, uh, of which most of us are at least slightly affiliated, um, that he didn't get on scale. He self-reported. And um, I remember thinking about that and going, wow, all right, I got to, and by the way, he got me. I got to watch some cable TV. So I'm like, oh, okay, this is going on. Even the even January 6th, my sister called me. Do you see what's happening on TV? And I'm going, this is my least favorite reality show of all time, but I have to watch. So I turned on, uh, I went to the opposite of where you would go. I went to Fox. I said, I'm going to try today getting all my information from Fox and see what happens. And I learned a ton about the Biden crime family. Yeah. I mean, they use it's and, educational. It's educational. And it's and, and they kept saying it that, ad hominem. Huh? Yeah. And uh, <laughs> but but you should watch because it's super convincing if it's the only thing you watch. Like, super convincing. Like, I even said, well, look, they got a picture of him shaking hands with this guy who's worth a lot of money. They got a picture of him getting on a plane over here. They got a picture of him having dinner with here. And there's Joe looking like, you're my son, I'm your dad. We're about to deposit, you know, $25 million. Into and they kept saying, and they're depositing money in offshore accounts, and they're doing all of this. And how come, you know, they're not being indicted? And I, and I thought, wow. Okay, is the next one straw man? It, uh, it maybe seems, that's a whataboutism, maybe? Whataboutism? Yeah, uh, I was going to say false equivalency is not on your list, Bob, but okay. it's definitely a logical fallacy. Well, here's is, appe appeal uh, to ignorance is on my list. Uh, but that would, well, that's but what that would be being, is doing, so... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we right. curing ignorance, Andrew. Yes. <laughs> So I have empathy for people who are who have chosen because everybody's chosen a side. I also don't believe in a, in a society where you know you think thirty percent of the people are idiots, because I, I think it's much lower number. I think we're all on the scale of idiot somewhere. But I think it's um, a higher number. It's higher than thirty. Yeah. yeah, depending on your grading curve. So anyway, thoughts on that. I'm surprised we can't all agree that more than 30% of the population are idiots. <laughs> I mean, it's it's probably a different group for everybody in their minds, but I'm with Andrew on this one. I think, I think that I, we all secretly believe that more than 30% of the rest of the population are idiots, regardless and of And that 30% believes we're idiots. Oh, well, maybe it's maybe 20% yeah. of them and 10% from over there think that, okay. but sure. So hasty generalization uh, is one of the things on you. <laughs> <laughs> we, we live with that. We've just all That's been lied fun. to for the last, you know, 15 to 20 years by the major media channels and... Um, and that's really had an effect on a lot of people's ability to discern critical information and, and critical thinking and, and they let sort of other people tell them what to think and then they just kind of repeat that and uh but 
you know, as you see the um, access to information being uh, widened, um, I think that there's more hope, but the system is, as you pull away from it, it's only going to hold on stronger. But I think what is happening now is the disintegration of of those systems. I mean, all every TV ratings are down, every, yeah. um, you know, so as you joke that it's all trying to get you to attack each other, it's the same thing with Sports Center used to just be highlights and top plays, and now they're going, LeBron James is the worst player ever, and they have a guy, he's the greatest, and that's how they get you to watch TV, because you go, this guy is wrong. But is it a good thing that we have much more and more media and that there's no bar, uh, there's no um, bar that you have to go over to entry, and there's no curators, and anyone can literally start their own news channel uh, from their phone, uh, because uh, we used to have trusted sources. We used to have three or four networks. And if they said something that was actionable, they'd be sued. They would actually, oh, wait a minute. That just happened. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and and having I mean, all of that access, is all, it's, a, it's a beautiful thing on the one hand. But like you just mentioned, without having any kind of, you know, check on, is this, is, is this reality or is this complete BS, you know, that's that's the the problem and it's so intractable because we identify now we all what no matter what your opinion is we identify with fox news i mean it's it's like that's who i am that's who my people are and or vice versa and yeah, yeah i'm so pretty sure you're no, vice versa I, but i get it yeah yeah you understand <laughs> no but yeah, you're empathetic so I have to no those interest yeah. i have no interest in going and and watching someone who might have another opinion because that's antithetical to my whole person. And yeah. that's why we, I think are, it, that's why the, 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 you know, the Grand Canyon gets bigger. And yet it's never been any different, really. You know, I'm listening to Bob talk about all this access to information and I'm hearing the Pope going, this printing press thing, it just gives people books to, <laughs> to the masses. And it's, is it good that they have all that information? I think we should limit it to hand-scribed illustrated manuscripts. I think, you know, and they were yeah. right to an extent because right after the printing press came a whole bunch of revolutions and beheadings mm -hmm. of those people. But we're not really in a different place than we were when William Randolph Hearst was ginning up wars in the late 1800s. The major difference is that because of social media, A, it happens much faster, yeah. and B, we still haven't learned all the defenses that we learned to books, to newspapers, to uh, magazines, to radio, to television. You know, we learned to be selective in those media, but it took us a long time to figure out how that media worked and how we were going to respond to it as a society. And now we have this social media, which not only is new-ish, but is changing form on a weekly basis. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's X this we week, just, by the way. I, we're I just not heard it. Change the name to X. Yes. Well, I, it's I, interesting, uh, sure Steve's it point, too, our, our defenses to these things. You know, you, you used to have to open a book or turn on the TV, but now these things are just passively giving mm -hmm. us this information as we kind of scroll around. and We don't even have to be looking for that information, but it can 
uh, reach you now. So I, I like his point. You know, we, we just haven't quite adapted. Well, some of us are better than others, but uh, it's probably late for your generation. Uh, it's, also, it's late for us, yes. Uh, <laughs> you know. Yeah, to but Steve's yeah, point, point. To Steve's point, which is one of my favorite sayings, is uh, the more things change, the more they stay the same. Human nature hasn't changed. Our DNA, our tribal DNA is what it was. Uh, but there's another saying, uh, uh, some Greek philosopher, Heracles, uh, 500 uh, B.C., said the only constant is change and you will never stand in the same river twice because the water has moved. And so uh, to count a little counterpoint to your point, which I completely agree with, is that you mentioned it's faster and it's it's like saying, well, nuclear power is just another kind of power and, and maybe it'll blow up the world. Yes. And, and so, the uh, you know, I have a genuine worry that um, because when I see uh, first off, when I meet my, I have probably 50% of my friends are conservative. I don't get them on this podcast. Um, I should. Um, and, and there are values that they care about. There are, they were the, they're the kind of people who come and tow your truck out of a ditch at three o'clock in the morning. They're, uh, really good. They're not the 30%. They're not stupid. Um, they are educated in different ways about different things mm -hmm. based on the media choices they make, which are based on just like radio stations used to program certain formats to get certain segments of the office uh, of the audience and play certain hit records over and over again. I mean, Biden crime family is my favorite album right now on Fox. And, <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and so, yes. Yeah, so these, these catchphrases and woke mob and all of that stuff, I got to give the right credit. They are way better at branding than the left. I mean, there is no, uh, there is no news story saying, here's what was reported here, and there is no factual evidence about it because that would be responding to it, and no one wants to respond uh, to you know. Biden doesn't want to well, go. I, well, I'm not a crime family. He's not going to have the checkers speech that Richard Nixon did. So I would, yes, I would just, I would just add the the one that that did seem to go and stick, and you still hear it pretty much daily is the big lie. The big. They lie. were able to come yeah. up with that. That is a pretty good phrase. Yes. Yeah. Um, and it is I, the and and, and, and so I, yeah, yeah. Go ahead, Steve. Oh no! Please. All right. I'm a, I'm a bulldozer. Okay. I run over everybody. If I give you room, please take. Well, it. shut up then for a second. Yeah. If you don't so, interrupt, <laughs> you won't ever get a chance. To talk. I, I've been criticized for this my whole well, life. Yes. So here's here's what's going on to a to a large extent is that the um, there's one party that's actually responding to popular needs, and there's one party that is a little out of step with the marketplace right now. I mean, if you just want to look at it from a marketing point of view, mm. um, the Republicans have kind of one foot on the dock and one foot on the boat and the boat is leaving. And that boat is stuff like abortion and book banning and uh, those items, which say what you will about book banning. I mean, I, my book's been, uh, hasn't been banned, but it's been it's been thrown out of a couple of school districts. Uh, because How was of it doesn't sound available on which sure, book company? Yeah. <laughs> on which what? Well, uh, How to shoot video that doesn't suck? Just Google it, right? Yeah, it's it's available everywhere. It's uh, everywhere. Workman publishes it. 
So okay, the but but it's been like you know small town libraries have had arguments about whether to stock it or not because of the word suck. But my point going, <laughs> oh, the wow. bigger point is that the is that there are popular issues. And if you survey Americans, you can see what they are. Abortion, mm -hmm. some kind of solution to gun control, climate change, um, and uh, freedom, freedom of speech, you know, not banning books, that kind of stuff. These are top tier issues. And one of the two parties has not got a real response that deals with human majorities on those issues. And so they've kind of hitched themselves to a personality cult. And as a result- Hold on a second, I'm gonna guess. Split. Are you New York Times or Wall Street Journal? I'm going with New York Times. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, uh, see, but I'm just describing, see, that's an ad hominem attack. Very I good. know, I just did one I'm for just you. That's a request. I'm just describing <laughs> what I see. Now, I'm not saying right or wrong. I'm mm -hmm. just saying from a strategic point of view, they're out of step, but they're kind of stuck with the guy they brought to the dance and they don't know how to get rid of him. And that's a big problem for them. And it's just going to get wider and wider over this next little while. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. This this does this sports commentary is brought to you by a wider stance. Yes, Maura, go ahead. I was just going to say, I, I everything you said, I, I you know, I, you can see exactly that's what's going on. And yet. Ironically, the guy they they brought to the dance is none of those things. And that's been my big question since the beginning. I mean, he's and, and I'm and I'm not going to I mean, what I observe, <laughs> he has he has he has shown no no real moral high ground. In fact, the opposite. He isn't uh, a family guy. In fact, he's, you know, evidence to the opposite. It's a huge puzzle. Hmm. I truly I you're don't right. get it, it. Tremendously huge. And I think that uh, the easiest way I can try and explain that is that we no longer have news. We have reality shows. And he's the greatest reality show host of all time. He's the Elvis of reality shows. And... Um, yeah. And that people, uh, since there's so much information, so widely scattered with so many different viewpoints, and since the 24-hour news cycle is now the 24-minute news cycle at best, um, yeah. people go for the personality. They go for the patriarchal figure in our tribal history, the big, bad, asshole guy kept your village safe by going to war with everybody who was the others. And, um, and Donald is... Uh, you know, he fights, he fights against those that are trying to take stuff away from you. And that's important. Um, if you believe that people are trying to take, there's a, there's a hilarious cartoon, uh, that shows a, a bunch of Kings, uh, up in a big castle looking down at the, and, and the people are about to revolt and, and, and one of the Kings looks at the other King and goes, well, how do we prevent them from revolting and overthrowing us? And he said, just convince the people with the pitchforks that the people with the tortures are trying to steal their pitchforks and vice versa, and you will do it. So part of why I even wanted to have this discussion is this whole mode we have where we almost all go into talking about the other side 
feels like it feeds the monster more than helps. So I want you each to find a conservative friend with a MAGA hat and become their buddy, like a Big Brother program, something like that, you know. Uh, and I'm saying that a little facetiously, but, uh, but I mean, I try to, I feel like back in the 60s, Andrew, this is ancient history for you, we had this, we had this phrase, peace and love. <laughs> Andrew's going to go to sleep now. <laughs> um, and, and we had music that, um, you, you know, that protested uh, bad things going on. And our culture um, basically um, got people inspired about having better values. Of course, we all forgot, and now we watch Fox News. But back then, we, um, you know, we had that. And it sort of feels like, well, when I quit drinking, you know, when people go into AA, they, or, you know, or to an anonymous 12-step program, they say they got sick and tired of being sick and tired. And maybe maybe and maybe andrew you have some insight into this maybe we're at a point in time now where people are going to go i'm really sick of this same old uh, trick uh yeah i mean personally i'm i'm trying to be less informed uh <laughs> i don't you know i just don't i don't click on their bait i don't because again it, i mean it's it's it goes even back to like if you want to argue about Elon Musk, it's like I could pull up some different things that I've read in different places, but I almost, I almost like I didn't see it happen, so I just don't believe really much of it. I don't, I don't know. I don't know, and it doesn't really affect me. So it's just like, you know, he's gonna win or he's gonna lose, and uh, you know, I've got my own battles to fight. So, um, you know, good God bless, good luck. I, I mean, not my business. I, I, so, I guess my so point peace is and like love attention. wasn't a good idea. Just not my yeah, business. Yeah. Not going to worry about it. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, you again, like now, again, because there's a hundred thousand channels, um, including every single person who wants to be famous on Facebook. Hi, um, you know, your attention is the only currency. You know, so um, if you if you give that to people, it's it's almost like giving, you know, giving them your attention is uh, is what they're after. And so I, I to me, I fight back by going, you know, get out of here. And I don't even yeah. I'm not going to read any side of it because I kind of know what the you know, what the choices are and, and what's at stake here. So all the the, you know. Um, the mid-level arguments are not really of concern to me, you know. Not going to give them your eyeballs. Personally. Yeah. It's just that. not what I'm going to, you know, waste my life wondering about. Did Donald Trump get the right weight in? Oh, like, no, he's a fat. Like, he's. I can see with my eyes that he's fat. So, like, I'm not really going <laughs> to. It's not worth my time to troll people and go, you know, yeah. if I think of a great yeah. joke, I'll, you know, whatever. But well, I. I love yeah. the job of the hut picture. It says job of the hut and has a picture sure of job of the hut and it says six three, two hundred and fifteen pounds. And I'm I like, mean, maybe they totally weighed him without that. the makeup yeah. and without the wig and, and all the other stuff, but sure, um sure. But, but you can so, see that it's joking material though. Yes, and, and, and I would love to hear Andrew's take on the mugshot because that's gold. Mm. I don't care who you are. That is that was yeah. gold. 
I mean, he looks like a big dumb idiot. Uh, I don't know. It it doesn't. I'm he just not like interested was... in like the little like mockery and the you know it's it's. We spent like, as a guy who wrote every single COVID joke I could think of, you know, like I just got sick of all this stuff where it's like, you're wrong, and then three weeks later you're wrong, and then there's a, like, you know, again we just not learning how to take in in. People will read a study and quote that as an exact science, and it's like, well, you take seven studies and then you make up a whole thesis. You know, each study is, um, you know, I don't know, I'm just kind of rambling at this point, but it's sure. just uh, everyone's an idiot except me is the point of this. <laughs> well, you're yes. refusing to give it your time, and uh, like father, like son, in a certain like there I was not watching the arraignment. How could I? Right being a media guy um yeah and um i guess we're not getting in the direction i was hoping we would get in which is sure empathy for those we disagree with and understanding of some of the weaknesses in our own points of view so uh let me give you a couple of examples um when covid 19 hit um there was a lot of control of the media. Uh, there was a lot of um, there were a lot of decisions. I had videos made. taken off of YouTube for jokes, you know, for jokes about it was COVID. misinformation. Yeah, and you know, that's a, and when the vaccines, yeah, and when when the vaccines came out, um, they were touted as being fantastic with no side effects, and when the idea that the uh, the virus could have been developed in a lab came out. Anyone who thought that was a conspiracy theorist. And by the way, this this last few sentences is proof that I watch Fox News. So um, some of those things kind of turned out to be true. And Hunter Biden's laptop did have some embarrassing stuff on it. I don't know if he belongs in prison or not. I happen to, I happen to say what's in the court system. I, I, I was brought up to believe the court system was somewhat independent, although... You know, the president could call and get someone out of a parking ticket, but I don't think he could get them out of a 30-year prison sentence. That's, you know, naive of me, maybe. So uh, so think about some of the stuff you guys, and me too, because I'm kind of, I play devil's advocate, but think about some of the stuff you believe and try to understand why someone else would not be convinced. Global warming, isn't I'll just throw that out, to, out there too. Uh, pick one, raise your hand who wants to go first. What's the assignment here? Why would someone not believe? <laughs> no, just want think to clarify of something the you premise believe, of this. Yeah, the premise is think of something you believe is pretty scientifically factual or that you believed and then look at the fallacies in some of the things you believe because those are the well, arguments my, that are used. Here's my yeah. counter. I don't know. Oh, your th three favorite words. I'm not out there testing the ocean and going, it's hotter. I'm just listening to what they say on the, on the, on the TV box. I don't live in a hurricane zone. Uh, my experience is it's been hotter every year. Uh, I bought my first air conditioner last year. It's a big step for me in Seattle. Um, That's all the proof you need. I mean, my antidotal evidence uh, suggests Anecdotal. that uh, things are getting. Yeah. Um, but yeah. again, I, you know. I want to I object drive a Prius, to the premise so fuck here. you guys. I'm saving the world over here. Steve's going to object to the premise. I, I, 
Don't be sure I, you I don't ad hominem attack me when you're doing it. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I, no, I'm not. I'm going to object to the premise logically. So okay. the, I, I think it's a fine question to ask, and, and we should ask if we're being empathetic in a way that allows us to see other people for human beings of value, that allows us to try to understand a little bit about how they think. But I get off when we take something like uh, climate change caused by man-made interference with the climate over a period of years, where the research is not even in the neighborhood of ambiguous. It's not even an eighth ambiguous. It's not even a 15th ambiguous. It's like everybody understands this. And we live in a country where we have the only major party in power that denies climate change. This is the only one, the Republican Party. So I have a problem when I'm asked to empathize with something that's obviously incorrect, as opposed to try to respect people one on one as human beings, which I try to do all the time. Yeah. So tell me why you're so sure it's correct. Just give it, give me some more details. Pretend I'm a guy working on your car. Um, I just had a country hit go to number one, first person at top 100 of the billboard. Um, yes, and who denies, I, by the way, that uh, denies that. <laughs> yes, he's not a right-wing tool. Song. I saw that. I, I love this. I want to talk about him all day, but yeah. Okay, we'll get he's that. A great song, <laughs> too. <laughs> But uh, but so tell me why do I why are you sure you personally when did you decide I believe all of these scientists because scientists you know were a bit wrong about COVID nineteen um, when they didn't well, know they said they did yes scientists have, were wrong about COVID nineteen because we were watching uh, research and development and panic in real time over yes. the course of two years climate change is something that's 60 plus years old in terms of research. Um, and we know because there are people suing them that companies like Exxon and some others um, had climate change data that they intentionally lied about, much like the tobacco companies did about cancer dating back to the 70s and 80s. And they had this data because they were making their own economic projections about yeah. uh, climate change. Effects. Um, yeah. I also have a friend who's a NASA scientist who studies climate change, and we've talked at length about mm -hmm. what the prognosis is and what works in his personal research, not personal, but his NASA research that he's done in Greenland. And I've read a great deal of people whose uh, authority I respect, which doesn't mean that you have to respect them, but people who I believe are credible on the science um, so you've put over in time. the last bunch of years. You bet. You put yep. in time, you've put in effort, um, much like me trying to read six newspapers and try and get a sense of, you know, what's bullshit, what's not. And Here's how I know climate are... change is real, is that Republicans yeah. don't believe in it. Yeah, hold on one second. I'm going to get to the Republican <laughs> side and you can blather all I've... you want. But but, but first, jokes, I wanna yeah. just, first, I want to just, first, I want to point out this um, elitist Steve Marks, I mean, Steve Stockman. I want to point out a little something about Steve Stockman. Uh, what community college did you go to, Steve? I, I went to Onondaga County Community College in Syracuse, New York, <laughs> where I grew up. Okay. Uh, and then? I majored in, uh, okay, I didn't go to, I went to Brown University. Brown yeah. University. I went to, 
Yes. I did, yeah. 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 So not everybody And this and by makes the way, me as a liberal, you should yeah. as well as a, it doesn't make you wrong, and I'm not gonna ad hominem you. But as a liberal, okay, you should understand you. that you have advantages that other people don't have. And you certainly, if of people course. are homeless immigrants, you want their disadvantages to be respected and to uh, somehow have a safety net for them. Uh, I would say that people without your educational background, um, they have two disadvantages. They have one is that they don't have time for that education. I mean, most of the people I'm talking about, I know, get up, go to work, come home at seven o'clock and can't afford streaming television, much less uh, subscribing to newspapers. So everything they get comes on their little phone or on Fox, uh, or whichever one they've chosen. And, um, and, and that's, that's the world they're taught. So it's not that they're stupid um, any more than you're stupid about how to fix a pickup truck. But yeah. Sure oh, and please don't put those words in my mouth. I didn't say they were stupid. <laughs> yeah. I said oh, you that thirty percent. I'm not going 30. to empathize with their position because it oh. is incorrect. Well, that the facts and science do not bend to fit someone's opinion. They just don't. Empathizing with someone's position doesn't mean, to me anyway agreeing that they're right about you, something they're wrong about it it more means understanding why they are the way they are and thinking differently about how to um influence people and i'm afraid we have to do it, it usually happens because time. their paycheck depends on it yeah that's the old yeah, that's often, one of my favorite some things. of these same people that you're talking about bob who are who are the salt of the earth uh you know not as well educated as some of us and and can fix a pickup truck, these people may or may not even be paying much attention to climate change. Um, and they're not the big problem with climate change, regardless of their opinion. Um, the big problem with climate change is the people who are manipulating them from on high, like say, all of the Republicans in the Republican debate who denied the existence of climate change, even though they're all also Ivy League educated uh, and have had plenty of time to study it and know for sure that it's a real thing. So, so those, not, the salt of the earth is not the problem here. Yeah. So the problem is that media appeals to an audience by telling them what they want to hear. How do you fix that? Because they're playing the they're playing the Biden crime family hit record. I, I mean, and the, and the global warming is just designed to hurt you and hurt our companies. And um, we can't prove it was caused by man. And even if we could, um, you know, why would we destroy our economy uh, for all these liberal solar panel projects? Um, because there's no proof. You know, the, the, it, it's like arguing in court. By the way, when OJ went to court, um, remember OJ Simpson? Um, yeah, vaguely. I think most of us had, had reached a verdict in our heads, right? But he still had a he yeah, but still had a, a trial. We've reached a verdict in our heads as Americans about climate change because seventy six percent of the population calls it one of their top issues and they're terrified about it. The problem is not how do we convince the wrong scientifically wrong who either aren't paying attention or for other reasons choose to believe or at least say they believe 
something different. The question is, how do we start implementing policy changes to help move things in the right direction? So a lot of what you're talking about it, when you bring, come back to media on this is we've created social media. We still don't exactly know how to make it work for us. We're about to have artificial intelligence, which makes it even worse. Mm. And because of this acceleration, we may be getting to the point where our technological advances outstrip our ability to deal with them, in which case, yeah, we will kill ourselves. You know, this is this is what we're the printing press wasn't so bad. It was just a few revolutions. Let's try to uh, end the podcast AI on a happier Yeah. Let's try to end the podcast on a happier note than that. We will kill ourselves. All right. Thanks, folks. Hey, come back next week. Um, let's hey. let's lead into Mora a little bit. Mora, you're the mom of uh, two teens. Um, yeah, and yeah, you, you, you have also probably purchased a first time air conditioner in Seattle sometime during raising these kids. You know, we haven't, we are the holdouts. It seems we, we looked into it and said, well, maybe next year. So we, we have a basement and we have fans and, uh, <laughs> we're dealing, we're dealing with it. But um, how do you feel about this? Um, what we're, what we're leaving to our kids. Andrew, I'm not too concerned about. He's already almost 40. You know, I'll tell you what, my kids are so, so freaking smart. They're so much better prepared than, than I think we were. They are so much more aware. They, I mean, and my, my daughter, especially, she's very verbal, (laughs) has been all her life. You get, you get in a discussion with her and it turns into a debate. You better darn well bring your facts. And she's, Mm. I feel really good about both both of my kids. And I think that's where my optimism comes from because, mm-hmm. and and uh, I will say this, granted, I live in a very small corner of the country where, you know, people generally believe in climate change and, you know, understand that policies need to be changed. And in order to change those, we really do need to vote and we need to vote for the people who will, you know, mm. pledge to make the changes. But anyway, I, I'm, you know, I, it's something Steve said earlier made me feel optimistic. Maybe it was the printing press. Uh, but, but I think the kids, I think they're really, I think, you know, they're, they're smart. And, you know, I still get on Twitter X and I see these kids who there's a, kid named David Hogg. You guys know him. He's one of the survivors of um, one of the mass shootings. And I'm blanking out. It's not Newtown. It's Parkland, I think. Florida. Parkland. Yes. Yes. Uh, Those are the kind of people that are coming up that make me feel like we might be okay. We Mm. might be okay. Because, you know, they're, you know, unapologetic, F you if you don't believe this is happening, but but we're stepping into our, you know, it's going to be our world in a couple of years. And yeah. um, I think that's I think that's the way it's going to have to have to be, because, you know, face it, the generation that's in there now is is it's that's yeah. what led us to this. Right. I mean, yeah, I mean, there should there be a mandatory. Ourselves retirement age and politics it feels oh, like oh god be. bless diane yeah. feinstein yeah yeah i remember when she i was i was a reporter in in san francisco when she was voted in and i remember standing out in front of her 
gorgeous, beautiful mansion. And, um, you know, she was just the goddess of, you know, everything. And to see her, you know, now it's just, you know, the, the history that she has after, you know, Harvey Milk and, uh, you know, becoming the, the mayor and then the, you know, going into politics and being a real leader. Yeah, I agree. My, I, we do need to have some kind of a mandatory, you know, age. And, you know, if, if you can't, if you can't vote I on a bill without somebody assisting you, it's mm. time. <laughs> well, I look forward to, uh, I don't really look forward to my generation passing away and being completely gone, but I think it's going to be good for humanity. <laughs> oh. All right. I did want to. Well, uh, as we dismantle yeah. all these news outlets and uh, changing of the guard and such, that is what allows somebody like Oliver Anthony Music to come out of nowhere and to just sing in his backyard with his his little dogs and you know. Um, yeah. Back then, you know, Bob, uh, what happened to the gatekeepers preventing this music from coming out? You know. Yeah. Uh, none yeah. of this hippity hop would have happened under my watch, you know, but uh, <laughs> I think I did call it hippity hop. You like the song? Point. Did you, oh. did you, uh, what were your thoughts on this guy? Oh, the one, uh, what's the guy's name? He just went to number one on the Billboard Hot 100. Yeah, right? Oliver Anthony. So I first heard North about Richmond. him from, all right, from a ball, uh, from a, um, uh, a blogger that I, uh, uh that religiously follow who said, this guy's really striking a chord. So the first thing I saw was the video of him in his pickup truck where it was raining. And he just opened, you know, he just started the video and started talking to the camera. And uh, I was mesmerized by his That looks like emotional... a movie, the, the rain, the sound effects. I mean, yeah. that looks like it just feels too you know pristine. And it feels like I'm I'm about to be lied to here. I don't yeah. I don't know. I'm very suspicious. Uh, but by the way, Steve, did you see that video yet? I didn't. I've I've seen the song a few times. I thought it was quite good. Okay, the video doesn't suck. Check out the check out a, the video. Yeah. It's got the it's got the steering wheel in the foreground of the shot. It's perfectly just a minute into him starting to talk. The rain just gently drizzles on the top of his pickup. You can hear the dogs hounding in the. It just, it's just. <laughs> it's uh, something, I mean, something's not right. And Andrew, you may I'm have a really right good now. point there, because it seems like all the internet begets us is tons of pop, and that there, and that nothing cool that moves culture and society can be discovered. And maybe to Steve's point earlier, maybe we're just early in this revolutionary process, and we're going to enter another Renaissance age of great artistic and culturally relevant social content. I've got tens of and millions of views so. on these, uh, you know, don't don't say that they won't show us anything great here because, uh, you know, I'm, yeah, I'm well, getting you're, out You're already doing reasonably well, yeah. Uh, but I mean, I mean you, you're the best. You're the best thing I'm, that I'm, existed I'm, on yeah, the internet. I'm just uh, <laughs> um, comic relief here. But I guess, I guess what I'm saying, because I feel that the current business model um, is broken because there's just two kinds of stations and there's just one side or the other side. And uh, why I keep looking towards empathy and towards people getting along is because, well, two reasons. Uh, one is I think it's gotta be grassroots. I think it's gonna happen 
in younger generations like Maura describing her kids and they're going to talk to their friends and the same way a streaming TV show becomes huge, not because Netflix or anybody advertised it, but because word of mouth said, this is good. This is, you know, this is, um, this will make you feel good and make your life better. And I think that making us feel good and make our lives better is going to somehow organically happen that way. And I think as we're winding down the show, I think that's maybe a, a happy thought. Oh, oh Maura, I, I had asked you if there was anything you wanted to talk about. I'm going to give you a whole 30 seconds. I, I talk about um, having a really cool experience. And I know that not everybody has, has the same experience, but I met a family member thanks to genetic testing. And uh, I, I just want to say it was really cool. And I'm really sorry for the people who had a knock on the door and said, hi, I'm your son uh, uh, on the opposite side of that, because ours was a real wow. joyful and happy, you know, meeting and reunion. And did and they knock on your door me, or did you knock on their really, door? Really, really neat experience. <laughs> um, uh, they knocked. They were a, it was a mutual knock after uh, <laughs> after 50 bump. years. Oh. It was pretty cool. That's why I changed my it phone number every right. Father's Day, just in case. That's cool. <laughs> I know not everybody gets that. Gets and you that think you'll be nice lifelong? Outcome, but it was, uh, it was I mean, your family to... now, right? Yeah, and and he walked in the door, and I would have known him wow. anywhere. Nice. Anywhere. It was. It was really amazing All right. so i will close this with this story um yeah i come and visit steve in la our uh, grandchildren are on malibu canyon and I, so i've spent a lot more time there in the last um well since we moved to uh, vegas of course uh on a recent trip i reconnected with one of the really founders of our twisted christmas albums the guy who did all of the orchestral arrangements he put choirs together to sing on you know all of our a big number songs. His name is Roger Treese. Um, just an amazing guy. And I hadn't talked to him in 30, 40 years. And we sat down and I, I knew he was pretty religious um, because we got all our Christmas stuff from choirs and they felt a little guilty about doing it, as I recall back then. Um, anyway, he handed me a book about Jesus at a Starbucks in Calabasas. And I thought, you know what? I have an illness. I may not be here that long. I was brought up with these values. I'm going to read it. Um, Rogers, by the way, the guy who uh, recorded the song Walking Around in Women's Underwear, he put that whole thing together. It turned out to be a very woke song because the Seattle Men's Gay Chorus performed it for years. And so I've started reading. Yeah. You were ahead I've of your started time. reading the book. And I can't think of a cable news channel that Jesus would watch. I cannot. <laughs> um, the title? Who is this man? It's called. What's the book called? And it's all about loving everyone, and uh, especially the downtrodden, especially foreigners, especially people who are cast out by society. So I just want to pass that on as a as an interesting. That sort of spurred this conversation a little because I keep thinking we've got to stop you know, being played as a hit record, one side against the other side. Somehow, um, you don't have to give up your opinions or change them, but be nice to someone on the other side. It's just that, 
and 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 listen and um you know instead of calling someone an idiot pat them on the head pat them on the head and go oh you're so <laughs> that's stupid it's so cute yes. <laughs> oh. Or to Maura's earlier point, <laughs> vote for the people who embody yeah, those Jesus, Yeah, Jesus politicians you know, are the really, they're the money counters. Yeah. They're really fucking hard to find. And I hate to swear right after this Jesus book, but yeah, <laughs> they're all. Uh, yeah. Well, this is, uh, you know, again, uh, I take issue with the, like, the Make America Great slogan. And it's like, if you believe in that, America is just you. So it's, it's your, you know, we're putting hope in these false idols. And I think what, you know, the younger generation understands now because we've been fucked over by your generation. You're welcome. Self-reliance, right? It's just going, everything I ever want in life is going to be up to me and no one's going to give it to me. And uh, so it's on, if, if you want to make America great again, that's on you by being kind to your neighbor and, you know, it doesn't mean you have to agree with them or go, you know what, maybe uh, maybe the earth isn't going to get hotter. Mm -hmm. And when, you know, I'll, I'll dump yeah. this pollution in the river, you know, that's fine. But uh, certainly a little bit of love goes a long way. Mm. All right. Come for the ad hominem attack. Stay for Jesus. <laughs> that's, that's the title of the podcast. I love it. <laughs> let's, um, let's actually name it that. All right. Uh, thank you, Steve Stockman, the author of the book, How to Shoot Video That Doesn't Suck, um, banned in Florida. And uh, Maura Gallucci, uh, news gal, um, super mom um, from two huge radio stations in Seattle, plus you get stuck with our show for a little while. Thank you, Maura. I really appreciate having you. This has been and great. Yeah. And Andrew Rivers. Andrew, we didn't fight enough. We got to fight more. I you didn't say anything stupid this time. Thanks. Well, Steve did right. most of the <laughs> Steve did most of the back and forth. It was pretty. I was enjoying. You know, I just mock you, and he comes to you with like a PowerPoint presentation of facts and numbers, and I'm <laughs> yeah. like, oh, that's I know he's so good at that. <laughs> I've been uh, studying and, for days. Yeah, <laughs> and he filibuster is pretty good sometimes too. All right, common logical fallacies everyone should know. We did ad hominem. We sort of. Uh, sort of did straw man appeal to authority asserting that something must be true because it's backed up by someone who's allegedly an authority slippery slope and by the way that one's used against global warming by the right slippery slope taking an argument from the first sensible premise to an undesirable or extreme conclusion i pride myself in that one uh <laughs> appeal to ignorance uh when it is said an argument must be true if it cannot be proven false it was a perfect phone call. We did nothing wrong. Uh, false dilemma when two choices are presented when the only, as the only possible options when there are many choices that exist. Hasty generalization. I think we all excelled at that tonight. Bread and butter, baby. Yeah. Red herring. <laughs> that occurs when someone deliberately attempts to move the issue under discussion to a new irrelevant topic. Bandwagon fallacy occurs when someone is said to be true or good simply because they are popular. And appeal to tradition when one claims that something must be good or true because it has been practiced for a long time. Anyway, Google these if you want. Thank you, Brown University Ivy League graduate Steve Moragalucci and Andrew Rivers. I'm Bob Rivers. Thanks for listening.